0: I assume that you are well-intended. I don't assume that you mean me ill or you mean to say something hurtful. I assume that you that you are sincere and and mean well. We, we may we may violently disagree, okay? But but as soon as I say you are evil intended, we can't have a conversation then. It, it shuts everything down. But if I assume that even if you say something that offends me, you were either ignorant, imperceptive, you, you may, maybe you're even right. Okay. Imagine that maybe you're right. right. You know, <laughs> I am a hypocrite or whatever. Okay. Um, uh, that, that I just find that for me, it, it, it's, it's the, it's the open door to forgiveness to start assuming that the other person had had good intentions, that, that their intentions were good and they meant me well.
1: You're listening to the Blue Collar Money Podcast, theories of middle-class investing. I am your host, P.W. Gopal, performance coach and entrepreneur. And along with the Blue Collar Money team, we wanna say thank you for taking the time to join us today. Our goal is to help you get your hands dirty, get you unstuck, and help you live out your best financial story. Hey folks, welcome back to Blue Collar Money. This is episode 98. It's part two of our time with Joel Salatin, America's uh, Christian libertarian lunatic farmer. Uh, We had such incredible feedback from part one um, that I'm excited for you here, part two. I feel like we got into... Uh, to, to the meat of the discussion, some of the questions that I had for Joel. Um, if you are new to the podcast, I want to say welcome, Blue Collar Money family. And thank you guys for sticking around and for listening and for, uh, for weighing in. Uh, you know, I, I heard of Joel from, from my friend Jeff, who is a, a longtime friend, but a new listener. And so his suggestion has kind of led me down this path to make some changes uh, for our own family. And it started with these books, um, of, of Joel's. He's written 15 books. The, the one that I have in front of me is called The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs, and it talks about God's specificity um, and his glory coming uh, to us in his creation and how that would require um, greater stewardship from us. And that's something that we you know, talk about a lot on this podcast, so it's really fun to dig into this and, and also be incredibly challenged. I hope if you haven't listened to part one that you go back and you listen to it and uh, take on some of the challenges that Joel is laying out for this. I know I've been incredibly convicted. I was in convicted uh, before I had the chance to sit down with him, and, and now I feel like I'm receiving an education um, to, for lack of a better word, to, to change my ways. You know, they say an old dog can't learn new tricks. Well, you know, uh, under the, under the, the power of the Holy spirit, I think, I think we can, um, you know, take up a, a new mantle. And so I'm, I'm hoping for, uh, to improve my education, to learn from Joel, to learn from the people that even he recommends and, um, you know, and to, to become a better steward of, of my body and even just, you know, the, the food at our table um, and, uh, you know, and the ripple effect of making those types of decisions. We uh, in this family, this Blue Collar Money family are, in Jerry Boyer's words, are really trying to to honor and, and, and to lift up the weight-bearing structures of society. This is a podcast about investing, about stewardship, about the kingdom of God, about being uh, financially intelligent, um, and producing in such a way that would build up our families and our communities and those around us so that, uh, people could see, um, God's face that they could experience Jesus. And so I just want to welcome you. If you, uh, are not a follower of Jesus, you are welcome. You are absolutely welcome. I think there's going to be some things that we talk about that, that may be uh, helpful. I would like nothing more than, uh, um, for for this information to be practical and to be helpful to help our listening audience get unstuck, um, to have more margin and and uh, and you know to put ourselves in a place where we can take the opportunities uh, that land in front of us, um, I'm excited for you guys to hear uh, more from Joel. And I I'm I'm going to start this off um, by re- actually reading from the book. I don't there's really nothing to add, um, to a guy who's thought so much about these things. So I'm just going to read to you from, um, the marvelous pigness of pigs. And this will give you a better idea, um, of what Joel is about, what he teaches and, and maybe, maybe some of the things that, uh, you know, that could change, um, in your world over this next year. Um, so this is from it's just actually just from the first chapter um it's called who am i or excuse me the second chapter he says i'm not surprised uh the list did not include holiness and this is about a list of god's attributes but anyway uh can we agree that this list is absolutely divine that no human animal uh no no human no animal no plant no angel no rock stone or flower possesses these attributes perfectly. They are unswervingly and and distinctively divine. Only God can be described with this list. That means if the chief end of man is to show forth God's glory, then our lives should honor God in these respects. But notice how many times the scripture uses the word glory for things other than God, showing a deep respect and honor for the uniqueness of all created beings and things. The point is that the sum and substance of our lives should point towards the godness of God, And he wants us to understand that how we extend that respect and honor to his creation indicates our level of honoring his specialness. Who would want to serve a God who is like anything else? That wouldn't be a transcendent deity. It would simply be another something. Glory speaks to uniqueness. What makes God, God, you, you, and me, me, and a pig, a pig with respect to glory, biblically speaking, God's glory inherently is no more special than a forest, a pig, or a civilization. Respecting the glory of each encourages a respect for the glory of all. We could call this whole idea glory consistency. If we can't appreciate the pigness of a pig, we can't appreciate the godness of God. Yet in modern America, no credible scientist would conceive of such a silly notion. Indeed, our research and farming practices are predicated on growing everything faster, fatter, bigger, cheaper, without regard to respecting and honoring distinctiveness. We grab that dominion mandate and run like a bunch of swashbuckling conquistadors right into the sacred domain of life, whacking and flailing, altering, snipping, and inserting as if all of this life is some sort of inanimate protoplasmic structure to be manipulated however cleverly hubris can imagine to manipulate it. And he goes on to say uh, later in the chapter, let me pull this up. Uh, the fact is that everything we clever God-imaged humans are capable of is not acceptable. We're not free to create and do anything we can. If indeed God sets parameters around, uh, around our inventiveness, perhaps it's time to have a meaningful discussion about which inventions bring glory to him. In that we fulfill our great objective, bringing glory to God. Christians who preach and believe that food and life are fundamentally biological rather than mechanical garner consistent credibility when preaching God's specialness. In order for our faith message to resonate and carry weight, others must see us promoting a consistent view towards life in general. If God is the ultimate giver of life, Christians should be the ultimate defenders of that life, promoting and protecting the pigness of pigs, is the visceral starting point in our mission to the godness of God, His glory. It is, um, it's been so refreshing. Refreshing, excuse me, to to sit, um, well, to sit with Joel and to to get to hear from him for you know about an hour, but to, but also to sit in the mind, um, in his mind, and, and and read the books that he's been writing. You know, over the last couple decades and to know somebody that knows um, farming and knows stewardship and um, but also has an incredible understanding of the fullness and richness of the gospel and, and, and God himself and that God deserves respect. And so it's just been um, it's been really fun for me to uh, to hear the effect that that Joel's words have had on um, some of our listeners. Uh, I know it's had a profound effect on me. Just in the last few weeks, it has just been um, incredible, um, folks. Thank you for listening. I've been working hard uh, to continue to to get questions answered and to bring in people who could who could help us, who could help us get unstuck, um, who could help us live, you know, according to our our personal values and our family values. And uh, so, if you get a chance to go online and give us a five star review, we would appreciate it. If you want to drop a tip in the tip bucket, um, the email is in the show notes. Um, And again, please share uh, this podcast with your friends and family. And if there's any way um, that I can be helpful, um, we are going to start a thing um, in May where uh, twice a month, I'm going to do essentially a giveaway. And you guys can take it yourself or you can give it to your friends, but I'm going to start meeting with folks for free. Um, you know for about 45 to 60 minutes to talk about their finances to see if I can um, help them get unstuck. And if nothing else, I can maybe partner you with some people that can help you. But if I can help you with your story and figure out what you value and then figure out kind of what lanes you you might want to live in and kind of you know help you organize um, some of those thoughts. I, one of the hardest things to do is to look at your own story and to kind of make sense of it when some of the vocabulary is a little hazy. I, th- I think I have a good grasp on um, the constellation of moving parts and people, places, and things that have to do with our financial stories, and I'd love to be of help, and that's something I think I can um, maybe offer um, once or twice a month. So we're going to do those giveaways, so if you have a suggestion, if you have a friend that's feeling a little unstuck, maybe just need some encouragement, um, just shoot me an email. it's pw.gopal at, at the and uh, just give me their name and, and I will reach out to them and and see if there's anything I can do to help keep those questions coming. Um, and uh, yeah after our after this interview and, and the next couple with Terry Ziegler, we're gonna uh, kind of launch into um, some current market uh, conversation um, and and talk a little more. Um, you know, specific about our, our current environment. Um, guys, thank you. I just really appreciate y'all um, sticking around and listening and feeding back and and really helping each other, encouraging one another um, to honor God with what he has given us. It's really been encouraging to me to push, uh, to push harder. So again, welcome to part two uh, with Joel Salatin. The true cost of uh of food and freedom
0: much of poverty much of poverty is um inappropriate uh economics uh, just just inappropriate economics and um and so the the weak link is not actually food the weak link is um running around uh you know uh, getting uh, buying convenience um buying alcohol, tobacco. I mean, I mean, think, think, think of just, and I don't want to get in a discussion about drugs here, but, but think about drugs. Think about, think about the amount of money that economically disadvantaged people in the U S spend on drugs. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's billions, it's billions and billions of dollars. I guarantee you, that the current money spent on drugs in this, and I'm talking about illegal drugs. Sure, um, sure. uh, the, if you took, if you took all those dollars and put them in a pile, <laughs> they would buy top quality food for, for every family that thinks they can't afford it. I, I guarantee you that's the case.
1: Yeah, I think the, the only thing I would add to that argument, because, um, one of the things that my, my first financial coach was an was an economist and he's like (laughs) you don't you you are good at numbers so obviously learn the numbers but he's like you need to learn the human animal and and human behavior and so when i hear those when i hear that argument because i've been studying actively poverty for um i mean going on 20 plus years now Mm. um the the Mm. thing that people need is they need a good environment to learn Uh, They need the tools. They need time and they need, they need the space. Like, so they need somebody to say, okay, here's the tool. I fit it in your hand. I showed you how to use it. Now go play with it. And so earlier, you know, you had said that, that um, you know, some food, some people were food rich and cash poor. Now we're dealing with a lack of margin, which is, and that, and that, that deals that, that kind of envelops people in the poverty category, but, especially for our listenership who are folks that are, that are blue collar that are working, you know, in the fields, on the farms, but all the way up to the people that, you know, we're trying to marry this group of people, um, to in, to take people who are moving out of the stock market, moving out of, you know, uh, highly manipulated investments back into blue collar, um, trades into farming and investing in, in, in people that are doing the work. I think if we're going to rebuild America, um, you know, we kind of have to go cool. back to foundational issues. So having said all that, the thing that I have realized and in, in I've done 1100 plus interviews, um, you know, with people about their finances, about their beliefs and paradigms and, and the things that influence them. What I found is that, um, George Clayson's book, the richest man in Babylon, he, you know, he threw out this 70% number that if you live on 70, then you invest, save and, and give the, you know, the extended 30 percent very few of, of our the people that i've evaluated live on 70 percent. so now when i find a new balance that i'm really curious about and i'll finish this story in a second um the thing that you're describing is way it's going to take me way above the 70 percent mark as far as money you know so so i know that when when you make a proposal of like, Hey, you know, you've got to reinvest in your kitchen. You've got to do these things. People immediately go to, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't, you know, and I think God, you you either get to the point where you're hungry or God instills it in you and says, and the spirit just says, do this. This is better for for you. It's going to be better for your family. It's better for your kingdom. It's, it's, it's stewarding my resources um, better and so i want you to i would love for you to just to talk about you you mentioned in in, i'm just loving this book the marvelous pigness of pigs um Mm -hmm. but you talk about freedom through risk Um, and so i i believe that there is i believe that there's freedom on the other side of what you're describing i think there's risk in getting rid of your your flat screen and and here's the final part of the story i have done everything wrong um I did it in my music career. I did everything wrong, um, but God gave me a career, and that's kind of been the, the story. I'm doing everything wrong with food, so I have diabetes. I have adrenal failure. Uh, it started because I was on the road playing music 17 years, and it was just a free for all. I'd I'd play a show. I'd go out to dinner 11 p.m. I'd fall asleep at two after having wings and beer. I'd sleep about five or six hours. I'd drive six hours. Uh, I, I drink diet Mountain Dew. And, um, and then I would do it all over again. And I did this for 10 years. And so my body um, inflamed so much that, um, well, a whole bunch of bad things started to happen. And so now, you know, and again, like part of our premise in this podcast is learning out loud, I have to reverse type two diabetes, Uh, adrenal failure is just adrenal failure. So I have to uh, find different ways to deal with my stress. I've start exercising. I have to start moving. The one thing that we haven't fixed is moving back into the kitchen. So as I'm reading your books, listening to you and I've only been, you know, kind of jumping into your, um, stuff for about a month after somebody mentioned your name, mm-hmm. I'm realizing that I have a long way to go, but I know I see freedom. I know it's going to take some risk and I know you've given, already given me a couple steps to take you know, go back to my kitchen, take more time. Um, and obviously the finish line for me is that my girls, I have two little ones that they mm-hmm. would grow up in this sure. healthy lifestyle. So sure. So thank you for that. But also, um, I guess I explained the freedom through risk piece.
0: Yeah. So, uh, man, you're, you're going exactly what I, I do believe that we are in a time when, um, Millions of Americans are wanting to disentangle I just used like the word they want to disentangle they want to disentangle from their own ailments. They want to disentangle from the system. They want to disentangle from whatever tyranny government edicts regulation. Yeah uh you know name, name your thing distant from, from the economy okay um this is what part of what's driving cryptocurrency right it, it right. it's not because it's a it's a panacea it's because people are they're wanting to disentangle somehow and i, I don't know if that's the answer but anyway uh, and we're seeing a tsunami a homestead tsunami movement right now of people leaving the cities it's, it's like it's like when you know when people think things are going down they head for the hills because they know in the hills they can find some water, they can maybe <laughs> shoot shoot a deer, trap <laughs> a squirrel, right? And, yeah. and, and and you know, and you can survive. As and you can so, see all
1: enemies coming.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and and so so what this means is we're wanting uh, those those of us who are thinking uh, and wanting to disentangle who who think that the government doesn't have the answer for everything. Um, we we are seeking uh, communities hopefully geographically proximate comprised of people who know how to grow things, build things and fix things, grow things, build things and fix things. You know, when, when things go down, if, if, and when things go down, I want to be close to somebody or some bodies who know how to grow things, fix things and build things because that's, that's kind of the foundation of, of, um, of, stable you know stable neighborhood economies and 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 what i'm describing there are are like michael michael rose dirty jobs right it, it, this this isn't yeah. you know when things go down uh, and i'm hungry i don't need a computer programmer i need somebody who knows how to milk a cow and and make butter right um right. and so so just realize that all all change um, r- requires risk because you're moving to uncharted territory. But the goal here is the freedom that comes with disentanglement. It, it, if you if you can pop through the other side there and feel comfortable in your newfound disentanglement, that will be ultimate freedom. Uh, now, I I don't I don't have to. Uh, look who do you want to depend on more would you rather depend on your own garden and your neighbor's garden or do you want to depend on a supply chain that's coming from you know uh well today ukraine okay uh for your you know for your breakfast cereal teresa you know we we've made uh my wife um teresa has made um our own homemade granola you know she gets so she gets sunflower seeds she gets Mm -hmm. Um, uh, rolled oats and stuff and and makes it in the oven it is the best granola in the world i mean we we haven't bought breakfast cereal ever ever you know um if people bought if people bought like us there wouldn't even be a breakfast cereal aisle in the grocery store okay Mm. and and, and you can make you can make world-class stuff on on pennies i mean the cost is just nothing And, and and uh so you you know you eat better and i'll just mention one other thing to bring back the larder um you know i, I love i don't know if you have ever been to williamsburg and jamestown and all that stuff but if you ever if you ever go there when i go there um my favorite is to go over to the palatan village the native american village nearby uh, jamestown where you know chief palatan and pocahontas and you know captain john smith all that stuff happened and, and you walk into that 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 buffalo hide teepee and up in the up in the, the, the little superstructure, the saplings and stuff um, that, that hold it up, the lattice work up there, there's hanging, you know, uh, uh meat and parched corn and some fish from the river. Hmm. And and to lie down with your beloved, to lie down with your beloved, looking up into that top uh uh food pantry, if you will, um, not only knowing that, that we have been provided for uh, by, by a a benevolent creator, but also to appreciate my dependency on this, on, on, on this benevolence, listen, I would much rather be dependent on the benevolence of, of God's provision, than be dependent on the benevolence of Monsanto's provision. All right. If I'm going to pick the two, I'd much rather depend on God's provision than Kroger and 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 whole foods um um provision mm. and uh, and so the fact is that we have been given a you know a womb a womb of abundance um uh mm. that th- that is that is benevolent um you know when we ask for when we ask for bread god doesn't give us stones and so um and so we have been given this and so but 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 to to leverage it, to appreciate it, we have to, we have to participate in it. And this is the thing, you know, you go, we have numerous we we built numerous p- farm ponds on on the place. And you got all these, you know, big bullfrogs. You know, you go by and and I've never gone by the pond and had a frog tell me, uh, you know, I don't think I'm gonna participate today. I think I'm just gonna. I'm not going to eat any flies. I'm not going to swim. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm just going to sit here and not participate. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and basically we, we as humans um, and, and you mentioned it there, the, the human can, we, we have this hubris that we somehow feel like uh, that, that we can levitate above a participation level mm-hmm. and somehow it's all going to be okay. You don't have to participate. You don't have to participate. Uh, you don't have to participate with, with, with fellow, you know, fellow believers to grow as a, as a Christian, you don't have to participate with, you know, um, w- with friends to develop relationships. They're supposed to come to, they're supposed to like you on the screen, you know, and, and, and inevitably this stuff happens. No, it doesn't happen. You, you have, you have to participate in, in relationships, in communication, in storytelling, and we have to participate in our ecological womb in order to, Learn how how to how to caretake, how to enjoy his provision, and mm-hmm. and and in doing so, that inherently disentangles us and frees us up from the shackles and the enslavement of of that of that system. Uh, look, if you if you can grow, if you can grow most of your own food, and most people, a lot of people can um i mean there there are empty lots there are friends with um land i i had a letter i a lot of people don't realize that i correspond to a lot of inmates in prison i have a have a real heart for for um, inmates in prisons and i correspond to many of them i had a letter from a guy in pennsylvania he was in for i don't know what 10 15 years and he started writing me about farming and all this and what happens these guys you know they've got time and so you know i send them books and they they read and um he said well I don't, I don't have any money i don't have any land i mean i'm in prison how in the world do i start this i said i'll tell you what i said um i already knew that he had grown up you know out in the country and he'd help farmers bale hay and you know do the stuff that you do when you live grow up in the country and i said uh, write to two or three of those farmers that you used to uh, toss bales with when you were in high school before you got into trouble and tell them you know i'm going to get out of prison in 5 years i really want to do some farming um uh, could it is it possible that i could that, that you could loan me that i could use i'm not trying to buy it just just let me use a, a couple of acres you know to start some you know to start some uh, some some farming enterprise and um and and two months later he wrote me back he said you're not going to believe it he said i wrote 3 letters all three farmers wrote me back and said, "Whatever I wanted, I could have for 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 free." You know, for free. Doesn't that bring tears to your eyes? Wow. The, the, the the fact is, you know, um, uh, <clears throat> most farmers are desperate to somebody who appreciates what they do. You know, their kids are their, their kids are tired of it. Uh, a lot of times, they're tired of it and um and, and you'd be amazed how much land how much opportunity out there uh, exists for people who are ready to just to just um you know cast their bread on the waters and see what comes back
1: hmm. man i the the generosity of god um the i think those are the stories that that hit me the most you know knowing knowing what we, what we deserve and knowing that like if yeah. people if we took the time and we sat and we thought about, you know, all the details that God has put together to get us where we are and, and yeah. even further where he wants to take us, I think right. it would blow our mind. Yeah. And you know, and I think it would drive us to, to that per- participation because there was, there's a gentleman who came on the podcast. He's a, he's an OG, um, Bitcoin programmer. <laughs> he's one of the originals, um, uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. Huge,
1: huge name, very smart. And he brought up the term rent seeking. And I, I traded futures for eight, nine years. And, and most of the derivatives market is very manipulated. Most of everything in those markets is manipulated. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the weird thing is like, there, there are people that find an arbitrage, they insert themselves in, in the situation and between a normal buyer and a seller who just wanna do business because they care about the product, there enters a person who's like, well, I can make money off this and I'm gonna charge a premium for it. And mm. because you guys don't know each other, nor can you get to each other, I can, you know, essentially build a bridge and and make a lot of money off this. And that's, to me, it feels like most of the world is rent seeking. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not actually building anything. We're not actually producing anything uh, of value. We're just putting ourselves in places where we can make a little bit of money because we can, you know, sell some useless product to somebody who, you know, doesn't Mm -hmm. know that they don't need it. Um, And, but the the participation piece uh, feels huge to me. It's a massive failure. Um, for me. And, and that, and I, it's even embarrassing to say this, my first job at a college was as a trainer. Mm. So I trained professional athletes. Like I went to work for one of the biggest trainers in the world. I was fit, Mm -hmm. but my, my values and principles were wrong. I worked out so I could eat horrible food
0: Mm. Uh
1: and I never, I never participated in the process. I worked out really hard. I had fun with it. I treated my body well, except for the food piece. And now that I took all the other, you know, kind of contributing elements out, it all kind of fell apart. And I'm right. trying to get, I'm trying to surround myself with people. I'm surrounding myself with your books at this point, and and taking a look at my property and saying, okay, how can I start to to participate in this? If you are me, and outside of reading, you know, some of the books that you offer, and you've written like a dozen books at this point, right?
0: Right, fifteen at least,
1: fifteen books. Fifteen, yeah. Um, who are the other, who are the other people that I would need to get to know to kind of start this? Okay. You said, you know, obviously you said grow things, build things and fix things. So there's people that mm-hmm. fit in those categories. Uh, but in the growing things category, if I'm trying to fix my food issue, um, you know, are, are there is is it, is it as easy as just calling up a local farmer or are there other folks that can help me?
0: Well, there are certain, um, I mean the, the urban farmer, um, the, the urban farmer um I'm, I'm i'm kind of you hit me up here with with i, I need a I need, I need a minute to to collect all the, the no, yeah. and, and the material but 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 the, but the, the truth i mean uh jm40a in uh in in quebec um uh Elliot coleman the new organic grower um uh you know the the work that's being done at singing frog's pond in petaluma california uh, I mean, I, I, could just start going through, uh, the numerous, uh, people in, in produce. Um, the, ur- the urban, uh, the urban farmer is one as well. Um, but these are, these are, I mean, Ben Hartman there in, uh, he's in Ohio. I think the lean, the lean farmer, um, these are all folks who have, who have bootstrapped bootstrap without money without you know without a nest egg really uh, or or very very little um and, and bootstrapped a full-time living off of very small acreages and i mean acreages that are under under uh three acres um wow. full, full-time full-time farm farmers. now they're, they're not raising cows okay sure, uh, cows sure. cows take a little more land all right but yeah um but uh um I mean, I mean, what we've done with, with livestock is basically white, white collar salary on 20 on 25 acres with livestock, which is, you know, pretty unusual with livestock. Normally you think you need, you know, tons and tons and tons of acreage. And so, um, so, you know, we are in the livestock sector, what these other folks are in kind of the produce and fruit, um, uh, sector, but there, there is, I think, I think the hurdle, the hurdle is between our ears. Our, our weak link is not that there's not resources, not that there aren't people, mentors ready to help, uh, not even that there's that there's a lack of land or any of those kinds of things. The, what we have to do is we have to mentally jump into where we want to be. And as my son says, um, uh, our problem is not money, time, and energy. Uh, our problem is constipation of imagination. <laughs> that's 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 what's that's what's uh, uh keeping us from being able to go. So if you can if you know, Stephen Covey and Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, wonderful, wonderful book. Yeah. Um yeah. one of his things is you know, you have to start with the end in view. You have to imagine something. And the problem is we're we're so busy imagining, you know, we, we imagine what what friends will say. We imagine what yeah. Uh, we imagine celebrity culture we imagine you know all sorts of things it's time to start imagining a disentangled healthy uh, um, productive life and then as stephen covey says then that's the house we want to build and we start going back, 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 back and say, okay, if that's the house that's in my imagination, well, what do the footers look like? What do the dimensions look like? What you know, what does the what does the roof look like? You know, and, and you and you go back. And so um you know, again, the old saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a one time? Bite at a time
1: yeah. and,
0: and so 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 you so you imagine where you want to be, and then you back up with the structure, the support structure. That's mm-hmm. going to get you to where you can imagine that you want to be. And, and you don't do it all in a day. You do it in bite sizes, you do it in, in pieces. And you say, well, What can I do today? I think I think lots of times people people think way too far in advance and they're intimidated by it, you know, 10 years in advance, and, and it's intimidating. We don't know what 10 years, but we can gotcha. yeah. and, and so, so I always tell people, um, what's one thing you can do today? One thing you can do today. and, and if you do the one thing today that you need to do. Um, then, then in, in, in two years, you know, 700 additional days, that's going to, that's going to be an accumulation of these Mm -hmm. of, of doing, you know, one thing every day. And uh, I mean, the, the kind of things like like putting a little quart jar on your windowsill and sprouting mung beans, for example, sprouts are incredibly nutritious, incredibly nutritious. You can do that on your windowsill with a little quart jar and a little piece of meslin cloth with a rubber band, you know, over it uh, and you can eat. You know, royalty food, first class, the most expensive kind of food in the world. Uh, you know, you talk about food expense. I was at the green markets in New York City. It's the most, it's the most expensive, elite um, farmer's market in the world. And um, I asked the, my host there, my, the lady that was taking me around, I said, could you please take me to the most expensive potatoes in this market? So she said, "Sure, I know exactly the guy." So we wound through the, you know, uh, vendors there and found this guy that was selling like like twenty varieties of heirloom potatoes, and he had this little blue fingerling Peruvian potato, uh, you know, that was like like a um, dollar fifty a pound. Uh, this is going back a few years, but anyway, um, it was the most expensive potato in the most expensive market in the world. Fifty yards away was a grocery store that was selling 10 times as many Lay's potato chips for $2 and 50 cents a pound. Hmm. So you could buy the world's most expensive heirloom potato for $1.50 a pound. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And and, yeah. And And, and so, and so this is where imagination comes in. You know, imagine, imagine a different place for you, for your family, imagine that place and then just work back with it and, and make a roadmap to, okay, I want to get there. What's my roadmap to get there? And, Mm -hmm. and don't, don't swallow it all in a day, take it one bite at a time. And, but, but with, with objectives that are, that are, um, you know, they say in order to have an objective that works, it has to be, it has to be precise it has to be measurable and it has to be timed three things. It has to be timed, measurable, and precise. And so make, make, a, make, make an objective for tomorrow, for the next week. You know, um, maybe, maybe the objective is nothing more than, um, cooking a breakfast from scratch, you know, get some sausage and get some eggs and cook them from scratch. Um, you know, everybody starts in a different place, but, uh, but we can all end up at a place of, um. A place of affirmation and, and abundance.
1: Mm, man, that is beautiful. I I was reading in uh The Pigness of Pigs, you were saying that um people fear innovation and 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 you you a lot of folks just don't like to attack their assumptions. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and part of that, you know, parting on taking a, a new paradigm for me, the two things I, I do the most, but I fear the most are. God's revelation, because it usually means that he's going to make me do something (laughs) like, um, and then meditation, because I know what's coming. Mm
0: -hmm. Like, I love
1: sitting with the Lord. Like I was on the road for 17 years in my truck and I I hated the silence in the beginning. And then it became, Mm -hmm. you know, food. Yes. But the problem is after you get done sitting with him, he tells you to go do something. Right. Right. Go, you know, right. go, go and do likewise, you know, bring uh-huh. about my shalom, you know, uh-huh. on earth as it is in heaven. All these things start yes. to happen. Yes. And then, you know, he, he pulls you into, into his work, you know, and his is yes. co-laboring. Um, one of the things, and this is kind of why I've really just gravitated towards your writing is um, your, your faith is just all through it. Um, mm-hmm and and it's funny because you're the second person that has that has kind of spent their life um with second person in the shenandoah valley i have a good friend who's been on the podcast who's uh we, we call him jeremy the guitar hunter he's a youtube personality that sells uh-huh. guitars and mm-hmm. helps people find guitars but he lives down the road from you mm-hmm. so i'm like you're the second person in that place so there must be something magical <laughs> about that area um but he talks about human flourishing and he talks mm-hmm. about it a lot and but he does it through music and friendship those are the two mm-hmm. kind of the three mm-hmm. things he talks about right. um but in in this book uh, the, the pigness of pigs i mean you talk about like just human variety and and the detail i mean when you talk about you just mentioned timed measured and precise like to me that's that's all god i mean that is god that's just so much of who he is like how do you keep this well, number one, joy. I've listened to so many interviews it's pure joy. Mm-hmm. How do you keep the joy? What you know, the passion, the fire, like what is it that God tells you on a daily basis?
0: Mm. So yeah, a real common question is, you know, what like it's a similar, you know, what gets you up in the morning? What floats yeah. your boat, yeah. right? Yeah. And 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 so it's very simple for me. Um, and again, I I'll get teary when I start into this, but it's it's knowing that I have the 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 privilege. Both the privilege and the responsibility that when I walk out that back porch in the morning, I I am immersed into an object lesson of spiritual truth. And God, God gives me the, he respects me enough and honors me enough to entrust me hmm. to, to, to massage and to caress this physical object lesson of his, of his truth. Hmm. And, and and so what floats my boat is is seeing over my lifetime I've watched this gullied rock pile weed patch just just explode with abundance. It, it, it was it was argue it was the armpit of the community. And now it's it's the it's the diamond of the community, and I'm not trying to denigrate anybody. I'm, Church, yeah. I'm 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 just I'm just um and and this is not pride. It is it is humbly acknowledging that it is fearfully and wonderfully made. It is God doesn't give us stones when we ask for bread, and 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 so to watch the gullies heal the rocks have literally soil soil has grown up over the rocks mm. the 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 thistles have turned to clover and and orchard grass and and the ten cows we could scarcely feed uh 50 years ago now are a 100 cows the the wind the the hay windrows that we used to um you know were a little anemic <laughs> an, anemic uh uh, little windrows that you could just, you know, uh, step over now are 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 so big that you can't jump over them hardly. You know, those kind those kinds of of things are are just incredible um, manifestations that 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 God has not given us a a reluctant stepsister that needs to be, you know, half nestled and wrestled into. Uh, wrestled into submission. It's actually a a benevolent lover who simply wants to be caressed in the right places, and that's a that's a really dramatic uh, uh, difference in the way we view you know we view um, God's provision. And so at the end of the day, what we I just told somebody this yet a visitor. We have about fifteen thousand visitors a year that come to the farm. They do you know tours and seminars and gatherings and events and things. And and um, um, I was just telling a lady yesterday that was here doing an interview, I said, our our dream is, our goal is that when people come and visit, we want them to leave the farm, and then as they're talking, they say, oh, so that's what mercy looks like. Oh, that's hmm. what forgiveness looks like. Oh, that's what abundance looks like. We We want that to be manifest hmm. to the folks who come here
1: man that well that leads me into my last my last point um and this is something (laughs) i was listening to you uh on the joe rogan podcast and uh it's when i when i googled your name it's like one of the first things obviously because he's a you know massive podcaster and personality and Mm -hmm. um but one of the things that you i wasn't expecting it and it's it is the thing in my life that i have failed at the most, I, I and it's because I haven't addressed it. Um, I get in trouble for it the most. I l- have lost from it the most, um, and I have addressed it the least. And and it's this It's not this idea, but I'll talk about as the idea of forgiveness. Mm. Um, the a, another theme that kind of is running through your your work in your books is healing and you know healing of the land healing of the systems this and disentanglement you know of us from manipulated systems um my passion is self-determination but what i've realized is where i really fall off a cliff and, and you know become less profitable like if you talk about human flourishing it just it isn't happening um part of it is trauma-based part of it is large part of it is is as i use excuses um talk to me about how relationships and forgiveness you know mm. build community
0: oh boy um if you ever want to read something really powerful read read the last sermon that the pastor of the puritans gave them when they left uh when they left um Holland, the Netherlands. And they were heading to, they actually were heading to, you know, to England first, and then they came to the U S but it, it was all about offending one another. It was how to, to not be offended and to For He, he, he told them, he said, he said, you'll face hardships. And they did, you know, many of them died They, you know, it was, but he said, he said, your biggest hardship is, is going to be this, this relational stuff where you learn to to not assume that when somebody um well to, to think that each of you has each other's best interests at heart. And and this is something that I have um you know look look i i don't do a lot of things well either but this one area where i think i do fairly well and 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 i take a lot of heat from it from my you know from my organic uh uh you know environmentalist friends who who want me to write you know hate letters to monsanto and 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 picket you know mcdonald's and all this stuff and 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 they want to call them evil and all this stuff no i I don't i i think they're well-intentioned i i i think I think the best approach is to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a conspiracist. I think that, I think that people who, so, so I try, I start, you disagree with me. I assume that you are well-intended. I don't assume that you mean me ill or you mean to say something hurtful. I assume that you, that you are sincere and, and mean well. We, we may we may violently disagree okay but but as soon as i say you are evil intended we can't have a conversation then it, it shuts everything down hmm. but if i assume that even if you say something that offends me you were either ignorant imperceptive, you you may maybe you're even right Okay. Imagine that. Maybe you're right. You know, I am a hypocrite or whatever. Okay. Um, uh, that, that I just find that for me, it's, it's the, it's the open door to forgiveness to start assuming that the other person had, had good intentions, that, that their intentions were good and they meant me well. Um, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Jesus when the disciples came back and, and said, you know, we saw these people, you know, casting out demons and doing all this stuff uh, in your name, but they were not with us. And, and Jesus said, Hey, I have a lot of people with me that you don't know about. And, and that is so powerful, isn't it? Um, That, that there are people doing good work and good things that maybe don't sign on. They don't sign on to our, brand they don't sign on to our organization all right but but uh but we can take we can take uh, uh, things that they're doing and appreciate them and so i've always tried to you know maybe we only agree on 10 well let's 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 take the 10 and and go uh and not spend all day dealing with the 90 we disagree on and you know and that in our culture today that's extremely foreign right now in our culture. Right now in our culture, with cancel and everything else, it almost seems like we've gone the other approach and said, uh, "Can can I find five percent I disagree with you on? All right, now you're canceled." You know, instead yeah, of yeah. trying to instead of trying to find the you know the part to where we can build a bridge. And so, uh, so I, I think I think that 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 intentionality, the assumption of good intentionality, is one of the bases of forgiveness, even to a person. That you almost can't stand. Um, still, they're a person. They came to their opinions for some reason, reasons maybe you don't even know about, and you ha- you have to honor and respect what they're thinking, what they're saying, what they're doing in real time, because you don't have all the background. You're not them, and mm-hmm. we're all free agents. We're all free agents to think and to come to our conclusions. You know uh, where we are. And, and if, if I want you to posit that to me, I need to posit that to you.
1: Man, that's a high bar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. it's so intimidating, but I know that it's beautiful. And the, and I know that there's, I know that, I know that it's required. Mm -hmm. God wants that for us. He wants that freedom for us. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. Thank you for the guidance. This has been amazing. Would you, if when I get through a couple books, would you be willing to come back?
0: Oh, absolutely. I'll come I, back with you anytime. You're, oh my you're, goodness. Just, you're, you're wonderful. You're just wonderful. You ask such good questions. And, and, uh, um, it's, it's, I, I do a lot of these, I do a lot of these okay. and, um, and, uh, you're, you're really good. You're really good. And I, and I I hope your I hope your listenership, um, just, just, um, escalates
1: uh i i'm we're so hopeful that um i'm i'm just i'm hopeful and encouraged i don't i don't know that we'll ever get big that's that's not the Mm -hmm. that's not the goal but for the for the few people we've got a couple hundred people across the world mostly in kind of the eastern states listening to us um i'm we're starting to get to know each other a little more and the stories are powerful but my hope is that you know as as folks start to take their own steps, right. You know, take more risk and find their own freedom that, that we can all start to teach each other. Yes. Is there.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: This is just such a very complex world that we're living in. I don't Mm -hmm. trust data. I mean, almost from anybody. (laughs) Right. So I'd rather have a relationship with somebody because then I can see how it's, how it has come about. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so those trusting relationships are are amazing. And and it's funny because the gentlemen who, who have mentioned your name to me have never met you, but, you know, they love you. They trust you. They're like, you got to read this book. You got to read this book, you know? And I'm like, hold on. I only have so many hours in the day to read.
0: Yeah, right. But
1: I I lost, I lost my job when my daughter got sick a couple of years ago and we came out of the hospital to COVID. And so there was like no chance of going back to work on the road.
0: Right. And so
1: I, I tore down my wood shop. I built an auto shop. So I work on cars all day mm. and I'm slow, you know, and, and it's mm-hmm. just, it is what it is. And I keep putting on podcasts and listening mm-hmm. to them. And, and um, yeah, and I've just gotten so much out of reading your, I'm starting on this pigness of pigs um, mm-hmm. starting on that, but then listening to you talk there's, I just have so many questions. So mm-hmm. I think this has been massively encouraging to well to me, but to the, to the farmers I know that are listening Mm Um, this is, this is huge for the folks that are out of balance. I think you've given all of us, um, some, some changes, some possible changes for the folks that, um, are buying poorly. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We definitely have some, you know, some, some (laughs) ways forward. And, and for those of us that live in bitterness and unforgiveness, (laughs) we have some things to take to the Lord. So I, I think it's been amazing. I would, I'm so excited to have you back um and and for people to to get to interact with you what's the best way for them to find you
0: uh best way is uh through our website polyface farms p-o-l-y-f-a-c-e polyface farms we have a a a very uh comprehensive website i mean everything from from where where i'm going to be speaking i do a lot of speaking and traveling uh presentations all to you know if you want to if you want to buy a pound of hamburger or a chicken you know you can yeah, so, yeah. so we have all all that sort of thing you want to come to one of our gatherings uh we're going to have uh, dell big tree here uh may 7 a uh, high wire uh we, we do these gatherings we do uh wellness summits uh economic summits um all sorts of things we will have stopman grass farmer will be having a gathering here uh, later this summer and so um so you know all that's on the website polyfacefarms.com okay. and um we l- welcome uh, you and anybody else to to um yeah we're, we're all in this uh, journey together let's um let's walk hand in hand
1: amen thank you joel appreciate you thank you friends you've been listening to blue collar money theories of middle class investing Don't forget to like, and subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming content. We very much appreciate you taking the time to join us. Please let us know if there's anything we can do to help you live out your best financial story.